0: You're live. You're listening to Morning Radio, a Slyjack Media production.
1: Uh, (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) So, for those of you who have the audio-only version, because there is only an audio-only version, my co-host today has just put on his Elvis sunglasses and a party hat the little pointy blue cone hat he looks absolutely fabulous um i feel like josh are we celebrating something what are we celebrating
0: sir i yes it is a beautiful day (laughs) in america it is a wonderful time i'm so excited it's Uh time to party rock as the kids 12 years ago said Hey, part, Party Rock Never died. this morning. Yeah. <laughs> go
1: on. Because go I'm
0: proud to be an American, where <laughs> at least I know my name. Because I'm not an immigrant, and I didn't have to get it changed. So I stand up at the football game, because I swear to God I love this land. Because I know my name. It's Joshua in the house with you on
1: morning radio. <laughs> this is Ryan the Lead Pipe Cipriani. <laughs> we're here, we're Josh. partying,
0: Jericho has been conquered, and now we just kick
1: back and celebrate. Uh huh. Yeah, that was that was quite a rendition uh, that that she had there of uh, the the old Lee Woolworth. I think is what his name was, or something like that. Lee w- Lee Woodson. I don't. I don't know the, the guy who sang that song. Uh, Josh, what's what's on your mind this morning? <laughs> uh,
0: there's a lot of just. I, I'm I'm just hopeful. I'm just hopeful about Excellent. the future of this nation. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going in a great direction. <laughs> uh, all of my hopes and far-flung dreams have been completely validated this past week. Okay. Uh, big things happening Yeah. in the world of uh, cable news.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what, this was, it, it's only Wednesday. At the time of this recording, it is, we'll do this NPR style. Things may have changed by the time you hear this, uh, but we'll still be party rocking in the house. Uh, it is 7:45 a.m. on Wednesday, April 26. It has already been a seismic week in the week of cable news. People are calling the uh, the events of Monday "bloody Monday." I don't think it was quite that dramatic. I think That's we needed to lose disrespectful to think, uh, <laughs> those who did endure bloody Sunday. But go on. I think we needed to lose at least two or three more anchors. Like, if I'll tell you what, if MSNBC had equally shed Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski at the same time that Don Lemon and Tucker Carlson were fired, I think we could have called it Bloody Monday. Um, as it stands, you know, it was still, it was still quite a day to watch it all hit at the same time. I, You know who I I... If it it's coming out more and more that this guy was kind of an egotistical asshole, so I don't know that I actually feel bad for him. But I almost felt bad for Don Lemon because <laughs> he was the byline, he was the B side of every headline. It was Tucker Carlson out when Don Lemon got fired. I know was well, like so
0: you know Fox fox entertainment network their slogan for a long time was fair and balanced but it seems like cnn was the one that was trying to do the fair and balancing they're like oh they fire one of their guys we gotta fire one
1: of ours we should, we should probably Just fire to, one of ours yeah <laughs> yeah keep it keep it fair well it, it's funny that you mentioned that because i like one of the uh one of the big criticisms of cnn lately is that uh their their new head of network jeff zucker i think is is who it is i think that's the new guy That might have been the old. Anyway, their current head of network is trying to move um, CNN back towards simply reporting the news and not being quite as sensational. And there's a lot of questions about whether or not that's even possible in in today's age with legacy media companies um, and, and like, the model that they're built on. But the funny thing is, is, like, they are – if you follow CNN's coverage, you can tell that they are actively courting more and more conservatives and more and more conservative talking points to try and balance themselves out. So it's funny that you should say that, you know, Tucker uh, is out the door at at, – fox and cnn in an almost reactionary way was like well we got to balance this out <laughs> well because don lemon he he said some uh wrongful shit too oh yeah i mean it's he's been he's been on a tear the last couple of months yeah and so you had to be like all right all right don we're gonna <laughs> scale it back a bit here the, you're you're too much <laughs> you're you're a bit much uh it turns out poppy and caitlin fucking hate you uh, so you are off the the morning show actually you're just off the network this is you're probably good you're just go, gone. go join chris cuomo <laughs> yeah he's got a i mean he's got a he's got a podcast right
0: <laughs> that's where these guys go I think until the non-compete is up at least
1: i i think chris cuomo joined like a smaller news like like news nation or something like that like an up-and-coming wants to be a new legacy media outlet but Again, it can't really read the room and isn't understanding what like the next generation is looking for in their news. It it, it makes me laugh that you know two people that everybody looked at. It, it's like a lot of the COVID heroes are tumbling because people like really looked to the handoff between Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo. Every night on CNN as like this moment of comedy and peace during like the COVID pandemic and the like the Trump years as like, you know, see, we can disagree on certain things, but we're still brothers and we're still good friends. And now they're both out the door for being fucking terrible people.
0: Well, yeah, that's the thing. The truth does out eventually. Yes, it and does. It just <laughs> depends on who cares about the truth. <laughs>
1: that's a good point. It's a and good CNN point.
0: does kind of. It, like, they feel like their audience cares more about the truth and looking like
1: they're taking action. Given what we now know about Fox Entertainment, yes. I I, I can't disagree. I, I think that it's, it, you know, CNN's spin is still, and I say this as a CNN watcher, you know, like, well, casual watcher. It's not where I get the majority of my news. But anyway, yeah, I, I think they're still semi-suspect, but fox we now know is completely audience captured and will literally say whatever the fuck they think it will take to keep their audience like engaged even if it's patently not true which brings us to mr tucker tucker carlson and i feel like he is the reason that your party hat and sunglasses are just bringing some sunshine into my life today i don't know what you're talking about I'm- <laughs> <What>? <laughs> That's Josh, a good I was just gonna say, so uh, I don't know what kind of wine it is, but Josh just—he's got a wine goblet. Just oh, and it is a—it is a tall pour too. <laughs> Cheers, my friends. Cheers, sir. <laughs> Tucker, your face will
0: actually get stuck that way. Here's proof. Carlson <laughs> has been let go from Fox Entertainment Network. Uh, that primetime slot of his is now up for grabs it will be a bloodbath you think so who will get that coveted primetime spot i mean he took it from bill o'reilly yeah you're right he did it Uh it might be a cursed
1: slot now i i mean there's (laughs) (laughs) i i think there's all the evidence to point to it's a pretty fucking cursed slot (laughs) Yeah, i i think uh,
0: i think there may be trouble. Uh, tread carefully, whoever, whoever... <laughs> dips their toe in there next. I think they. You stuck... think you want the eight o'clock slot? Uh, I don't know. I think they temporarily stuck Brian Kilmeade into it. Yeah, I think they're going to rotate out. I, I think, think so it, too. I think it's just you know,
1: the, it's what's hilarious about that to me is they are fully pulling a Comedy Central right now where they're trying out new hosts of The Daily Show. Oh yeah, I love it. Right, exactly, and and that this is what Fox is going to do is they're going to be like, okay, well, we'll just we'll rotate a couple of celebrities through here until we find somebody that sticks. <laughs> Let the fervor die down,
0: see if people will forget about Nip Tucker Carlson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Daily Show actually, they did guys probably a year or so ago now they did a really good segment about Tucker Carlson. Okay, uh, that's still super relevant in this uh, in the wake of this news. Uh, but the guy is extremely adaptable. Yes, he has changed his voice and brand around throughout his entire career. And I think the big kicker is, he doesn't need to do
1: any of this shit. No, he is a chicken error. He's fabulously wealthy from the Swanson Enterprises, right? Like, yeah, yeah. He's good. He's good. He is the
0: elite. This is another thing that like bugs me is, you know, you think about the audience of Fox. Right, Fox is based in New York City, mm-hmm. like Manhattan, a yeah. very uh blue area. Yeah, you know, maybe it's a bit purple now, but it's a very <laughs> blue area. That's where all the elites are. And Tucker is an elite, elite. He absolutely okay? is. He is an elite, elite, but he chooses to have that haircut. <laughs> this guy's hair throughout his entire career, I'm like. Who? This is the problem with being surrounded by sycophants. Nobody has the
1: guts to tell you, bro. Just like can try an undercut. See, can, see what would happen. Can you imagine Tucker Carlson doing an expose on his own haircut? Why does he cut his hair like this? Is it because the left media has told him that this is the only way he's allowed to cut his hair? Because to cut his hair any other way would be wrong and hateful and spiteful. This is what they want you to believe. I'm not making this up. You can see it in their words. That's the Tucker Carlson expose on his own haircut.
0: Yeah, you just, you didn't do the look though. You didn't do the... The confused puppy dog? Yeah, the... The what? What? What are your words like? God, he <laughs> yeah. probably has worked his entire career to perfect that phase. But the only changes he has made over yeah. his career is he went from bow tie to regular tie.
1: I I, I still love when uh, John Stewart savages him for the bow tie on Crossfire. I
0: love that segment. It's just sad because I feel like that helped him get over to Fox
1: News. Well, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's because it ended Crossfire, right? Like, yeah after Jon Stewart took them down or, you know, like really gave them a dressing down on, on uh, their role in, in how the media speaks to people (laughs) um, crossfire was, was over and that's, he lost it. I mean, that's, that's the thing like people forget that Tucker Carlson got his, like one of his first big platforms on CNN. He was originally a kind of center right type conservative, uh, in CNN, in their attempt to you know like balance things out, and uh, he was pushed over to Fox after Crossfire ended, and he gradually became more and more of a firebrand over there. Took over the Bill O'Reilly time slot, and then started spinning uh white supremacist talking points. And I mean, there, there's uh, he had a few more stepping stones in between
0: that yeah, makes yeah. his journey very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like everyone has a very short term memory.
1: Yeah, I, I mean. It's interesting because, uh, like, all right, I'm, I'm struggling for for my next thought here. Uh, go on with, with short-term memory. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> While Ryan tries to remember what he uh, was what? about to say. Uh, yeah, I had. I had. Uh, let's some... talk about
0: short-term memory a little bit.
1: Yep. Let's let's talk about short-term memory loss because mine apparently is fucking
0: gone. No, and but that's the thing is, so Tucker has disappeared basically because he started to get into his head that he was the network yeah and the network is like no yeah we are the network you are a poster boy and we can paint over you no problem <laughs> but but we're gonna see because the the audience was so hot for
1: Tucker so and and this is this is a I actually have a follow-up point this time and I'm gonna remember it this is an interesting thing about um, Fox News hosts that a lot of people thought were completely untouchable. Bill O'Reilly being another example of that, um, and uh, Megyn Kelly being one. Both of them had immense audiences and dedicated audiences, and everybody, you know, was certain that when they left, that Fox Entertainment was going to just crumble. Uh, or at least take a significant hit. Like I don't know that anybody thought that Megyn Kelly was was a keystone, but certainly an incredibly powerful player at the network. And when she left, I, there was there was talk like, "Well, this could really this could really hurt Fox." Nah, it she's did a not woman. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, that's thing, Kind of the mentality over there
0: at Fox. Uh, she's expendable. She's a woman. I,
1: it, well, but part of the reason that Tucker got ousted was also because of in a, 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 a lawsuit that's being brought against him. Uh, Alleging some serious sexual harassment. And so that might actually play into it. But when Roger Ailes was kicked out, everybody was like, what the hell is going to happen to Fox News? Because Roger Ailes is Fox News. He's the one that put this whole thing together. It's been fine. When Bill O'Reilly was ousted, again, the question was, how will they ever manage to continue? Bill O'Reilly is the biggest personality on television, bar none. They've been fine. And those those people are now relatively obscure. Their audiences did follow them to, like you said, podcasts. You know, it to a certain degree, it has not harmed Fox and they do not have the same platform that they used to. So I I think that there's a lot of fear and trepidation that Tucker Carlson is gonna find a way to like rear his ugly head again in the like very soon. I think if anything, history shows us that might be more difficult than than we expect even though the audience was really hot for Tucker the audience was really hot for Bill O'Reilly
0: yeah and that's an important thing to remember because you you said a minute ago you said they were powerful personalities yeah it's not their personality it is a character these are characters that they have created this this Dominion case with revealing the text messages and everything it proves that these are characters they're doing a bit they are doing a grift on their conservative fan base and uh i I'm, I'm railing against this just because like they're the ones in the news i'm, I'm not right. going to say that uh you don't have some sort of similar thing on the left side uh sure they're just not
1: as uh bombastic about it you can't tell me joe scarborough isn't playing a bit right yeah he's just he's a little too much some mornings i like i it's it, watching mika Brzezinski, like pat his arm and be like okay honey calm down like it's it, he he puts on a lot of faux outrage as well oh yeah remember uh chris matthews
0: in the <laughs> hardball days like he yeah <clears throat> he was
1: very intense and you're just like it, just tell me the just tell me the news <laughs> you know chris matthews is somebody that i think has some journalistic integrity at least um howie kurtz is another one over at fox that i don't necessarily always agree with his standpoint but i think he is a a decent journalist um and I, I there's you can tell the difference between the personalities and the reporters. And largely it's because the reporters are lesser known. Like the actual journalists, they don't have the same kind of cult of personality around them because they're not this cultivated personality. Yeah. They're they're not a host. They're right. like, look, I
0: went in and did the job. Yeah. Well, do you think aliens may have caused these uh there's no there's no evidence to suggest uh, no one has said anything about aliens until just now, uh, <laughs> but you can't rule out that aliens were not responsible. That is that that is technically correct.
1: And, and you know what? Half of the Fox hosts are like th- their entire personality revolves around the fact that you can't disprove a negative. Right? Like, we can't say that no, there weren't definitively aliens involved in the creation of of the pyramids. Therefore, the possibility exists that aliens were involved in the building of the pyramids. It's seizing on that fact that you can't disprove a negative um, that is where they get like half of their talking points from, which is crazy making. You know who should they bring on as a guest host? Who's that? The guy from Ancient Aliens. Well, of course. And nobody will notice. No, actually, I bet I, nobody will notice. You, you're probably not wrong. I would love to see. I might become a Fox viewer if that happened. <laughs> I would like to <laughs> hear this about new show. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I, I would like to hear how um, aliens from the Vega system uh, switched the votes in smartmatic machines for Joe Biden because they didn't want to have to deal with a Donald Trump presidency because they knew that Donald Trump would nuke Vega if he was ever given the opportunity to do so. Yeah, which is a little further away than Mars, but... It's a bit... Yeah, it, I, I know. But we should also nuke Mars. hmm uh-huh. Like, definitively, we need to nuke Mars. Look, it's... What, what is it doing up there? It's plotting. You don't think the Martians aren't plotting? Have you read The War of the Worlds? They're, they're plotting. You read The War of the Worlds. You painted, apparently found it very dull. <sighs> I did not enjoy The War of the Worlds as much as I was hoping. It's a good character story. Is it... What happens yeah. to the character? How does he grow or advance? no not him
0: okay but he, the the people he interacts with okay and how they are affected how they handle
1: i, I don't disagree with that that's I mean, you're 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 absolutely right um i think where i really struggled is it is so esoterically london like they're constantly yeah. talking about you know and then i went down by the thames in the to the stratford and i was like i don't know where any of these places are i have no idea what you're talking about and um I mean, maybe that's a, 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 a an issue with with my own like learning and knowledge, but uh, at the same time, it's like when we talk about in our other podcast movies that are like quintessentially New York and they're completely centered around New York landmarks and things. It's like I, I don't have the same kind of attachment to these things as everybody in New York does. I I don't know.
0: Uh, I have an attachment to a place in New York. Do uh, you? yeah i forgot the name of it so obviously not a super big <laughs> attachment but it is like one of the few places on earth you can get a hand mixed coca-cola oh that's kind of cool yeah i did that it harkens back to you gotta like pump the syrup in and then yeah. the soda water mix it up with a spoon love that uh you can make it a float if you want put a scoop of ice cream on there <laughs> that's and awesome wander out of ye old pharmacy and wonderful uh it's 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 great uh all right. Well, we're very celebratory, uh, looking at how all this shakes out and what this means for the future of journalism. Will we actually get quality news?
1: I again? I don't think so. Not from legacy news sources, anyway. I think that quality news is going to continue to come from up and coming and independent journalism. Um, I think that legacy media is is too corporate captured. Like they they have there is too much that that they have to do in order, like to please certain corporate donors that i don't see legacy media changing i think we'll be in a quiet moment while we figure out the tucker carlson handover um but you better believe they're going to have somebody in place and ready to go for the election who is going to spit fire the entire time so
0: hannity and the five friends are still going strong over there yeah
1: the uh the five So, and remember, AM radio is still out there. It's true. Did you hear Greg Gutfeld the other day uh, argue that um, all drugs should be legalized? This was actually a really fascinating argument to hear on uh, Fox. No, I totally missed this. This this was interesting. Yeah, um, Gutfeld on The Five, like, passionately argued for the mass legalization of drugs. And his point was actually not one that I disagreed with. I was like, this is... This is kind of spot on. He first thing that he pointed out is how is the war on drugs actually going? It's been thirty-five years. What what has the war on drugs actually gotten us? Um, and he's like, if you if you legalize all of these drugs and regulate them. Then you will see a, a genuine reduction in uh, drug-related deaths because one of the big problems with like heroin right now is that it's in lots of cases it's what is laced with fentanyl. That's what's killing people in with fentanyl over it. People aren't like choosing to shoot fentanyl by itself; they're shooting heroin that is laced with fentanyl. They got on heroin because they were oxy addicts, um, which is a whole other rabbit hole. Anyway, end of the day, his point was if you legalize and regulate heroin, make it easier for people to access clean, true heroin. One, it gets people into contact with um, drug centers more often, which means that they can actually have access to the help that they would need to get off of those drugs. But two, you wouldn't have a crisis of overdose deaths because you're not having people end up with heroin fent- fentanyl-laced heroin. Um, it was a really fascinating argument to hear out of him. And uh, on the other side of the table, Janine Pirro basically said we should bomb Mexico. That was her answer to the the, the drug situation. So it's like, great. So uh, Fox is either presenting super progressive ideas uh, in this argument, or um, yeah, we should do war with Mexico because that makes sense. Someone must have paid him to talk about that because that has that was a
0: talking point years ago. And there's some... Uh, very blue areas that they have done this sort of thing to uh, not, not legalize, but uh, not to criminally prosecute addicts if they so, go through like the proper.
1: <laughs> I think there's a difference though, between not prosecuting addicts and legalizing drugs, because I, one of the biggest things that like we tend to think of like addicts as this, and this is, this is a societal like stigma addicts are a hundred percent moral failings of the individual and that's it it's often not true um, especially when you look at how so many people in modern america ended up on heroin and it was oxycontin right this was a drug that was pushed by legal drug makers to treat anything and everything like, they called it the happy, horny, healthy drug or some shit like that um, because they, they're like, if you're in pain, take Oxy. Can't get it up? Take Oxy. Uh, are you depressed? Take Oxy. They shoved it down people's throats. It turns out it was hyper addictive. And when people couldn't get Oxy anymore because it's pretty fucking expensive, they turned to heroin, right? And so, th- again, the, the through line here is their doctor gave them a drug that was incredibly addictive without them knowing. They became addicted to it through the advice of their own medical system. When they could no longer get that drug, they had to turn, because of the nature of their addiction, um, opiate addictions are like, they completely control your mind. They turn to street drugs like heroin. It leads to heroin deaths and, and fentanyl overdoses, right? These are not necessarily moral failings on individuals. It's not like somebody just decides to wake up one morning, do black tar heroin, and they're like a degenerate. Putting people into contact with drug centers who can help them with their addiction reduces all of this. And the best way to do that is by forcing, finding a way to force them into contact with drug centers, which is like needle exchanges or uh, legalizing these things. You you have to get the help in front of them. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. You have
0: uh, different municipalities where they have created that. You know okay. they can't they can't change the laws because that's a state and federal thing, um, but they have changed their approach and seen a I think a largely a, a net positive, right in that sort of thing, uh, but that's always been a very liberal talking point. I know,
1: which is why it was really interesting to hear from Gutfeld. He might be out next. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. You never know. Keep Generally sipping my that inner Janine. I mean, that is that is very Janine Pirro of you, right now, sir. I I am I'm here for it. What did you say you're, you're drinking? What is that?
0: This is, uh, well, this is actually water with food coloring in it. I'm not I'm not drinking this early in the morning. <laughs> I was gonna wait till the end to dispel the myth, but it's it's a bit. It's a bit. Just like our friends over at the Fox Entertainment Network, I'm just doing a bit. And I haven't even drank any of it because I don't want it staining my teeth.
1: I put way too much food coloring in it. This looks like a Pinot Noir. <laughs> Josh, I'm begging you. Next week, show up with tea and a whiskey glass, <laughs> and we're just we're gonna escalate what you're drinking every every week. <laughs> I need I need a celebratory event. This is a big deal. <laughs> this is a big deal. Yeah, this is I, this is a huge shakeup in in the media landscape. Like, legitimately, it it, it absolutely is. But let's talk about uh, the real news. What what people okay. need to care about. Yeah, this is
0: something that especially down here in the south you won't pay attention to uh but it ties into concerns about climate change and ah, okay. the world changing yeah uh maple syrup we're it's, in trouble it's it's this, a real problem this was a rough season for the maple producers yes uh did you know did you know that Canada has a strategic maple syrup reserve i'm not I joking w- i this know is how i canadian they are
1: yeah I 100% knew this. I please r- reveal the details cuz this is fascinating. This is like because this is the only place on earth you can get
0: maple syrup is North America. Yeah. And mostly Canada. Uh so there's some people that do it in the the Northeast and uh, okay. some some of the northern like parts Vermont. of America. Vermont, New England, uh you know, it can stretch down into Kentucky, even um hmm. my my uncle back in the day, he uh, had a few maple trees. He would make small batches and stuff. but okay. yes, the uh, there's like these three major like con- maple syrup conglomerates in Canada, and everyone that has a maple farm or a maple shack, uh, they basically make their batches of syrup and sell mm-hmm. it off to these one of these three companies. Quebec is the major number one, okay, followed by New Brunswick and Ontario. Okay. I always forget New Brunswick is one of the uh, provinces. Yeah. Uh, it's not been a very good season. Yeah. This this winter was kind of bonkers because it got uber cold. Okay. And then it decided it was going to be warm like that. It just it was like, and eh, now we're going to do uh, 70s. Right. And then maybe go back cold and then back to 70s. Maple syrup production has this very tiny window. I didn't it's, realize that. Yeah, because the the uh, the thaw is when like the starches start breaking down in the dormant tree. Oh, okay, that so makes sense. Yeah, I think there's an average of like a f- six week window wow. where you can get the maple water from the trees, mm-hmm. uh, and they didn't they didn't really have much of that this year.
1: I and from what I understand, because my my brother in law used to you know, my my brother in law grew up Amish. And so they used to make their own syrup. Mm-hmm. And when he talks about like how much you have to cook that down in order to extract the syrup, it's kind of wild what the yield is. It's like a 40 to 1. Like if you start with 40 gallons of maple water, you yield a gallon of syrup. It's something It's something yeah. crazy like yeah, that. It's yeah, because the, it's the sugar content right. of the water. Yep. And so <clears throat> if you go too early
0: or too late... There's not enough of the sugar yeah. per volume. I the first time I went to Canada, it was really cool. You could drive around anywhere, and you'd just be passing like little bits of woods, little like copes of trees, and I would see these lines running all through the trees. Okay, what is that? Uh, my wife on both sides of of her family, uh, they own maple shacks. Oh wow! So they have properties with just these acres of trees and it's all these lines running through the forest okay and they're vacuum lines so they okay. have advanced to try to maximize production where it used to be and some people still do this is to get maple you tap the tree yep. hook up like a spigot in a bucket and you just let it drip yes uh not the most efficient way though in terms of gaining like impurities and bacteria setting in, gotta, okay. Gotta. So yeah, there are now vacuum systems basically where they tap these trees and actively suck it out. Wow, did and not know through, that. Yeah, and through like reverse osmosis, it helps with some of the filtration process. So the uh, the boiling refinement process, you're not losing as much as much Got while it. still maintaining a certain purity. Uh, and there's a big difference. Like I could show you my Canadian maple syrup mm-hmm. that my wife gets and hoards like a drug lord, uh, versus, <laughs> legalized syrup <laughs> versus a bottle that you'd buy in the store, and hers is like a beautiful amber sheen, but you get really dark syrup, and it has
1: to do with the ref- the refinement and the 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 purity. I, I was going to ask like how much of it also comes down to because like this is something that I've found very. Interested in that I learned recently is one of the reasons people get like awful hangovers from um, terrible or from like cheap tequila is because cheap tequila is quite often like super cheap Russian vodka that is flavored with agave, whereas a good tequila should actually be 100% agave produced. And there's a difference in the like just the ingredients that go into it, yada yada. And so, like, that's one of the reasons that cheap tequila leads to terrible hangovers is because it's It's just got all these additional impurities in it. It's you know, I want to know like the the Kroger brand syrup that I found on my table in Myrtle Beach the other the other week. Uh, is that even really syrup or is it a corn syrup that has been maple flavored? That is probably a corn
0: syrup. That's yeah, it's, exactly it's most likely a corn syrup because you have to and it, you will see. In your stores yeah maple syrup has to pass a certain certification okay and uh maple fraud is actually a big deal this blows my mind canada has like an agency whose job is to test the syrup hold on it's just all right you can go (laughs) hang on this has been laced with corn syrup shut it down Shut shut it all down. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but it's actually a legitimately a big concern of theirs is, uh, especially as it gets harder because of climate change. Yep. Uh, if it gets harder to yield, you're going to see more people probably trying to stretch their product
1: by lacing it with highly addictive, high fructose corn syrup. This was a wonderful transition, and I was not expecting these two things to have so much to to do with each other. <laughs> <laughs> So most American syrup, when people get
0: syrup on their pancakes and stuff, it's it's mostly uh, corn syrups. Yeah, uh, I grew up on you know Aunt Jemima and Mrs Butterworth's absolutely uh, syrup and stuff. Loved it. And as an adult, I tried you know maple syrup, and I was initially hesitant. I was like, "This okay. is weird." It's <laughs> very different, you know, because it is such a different taste, and it's it's sweet, but it's sweeter in a different way. Yeah. And maple syrup actually has more health benefits for you, Hmm. uh, especially in relation to uh, corn syrup. You you can digest it better. It's got a lower glycemic index. Ah. It's still like if you're a
1: diabetic, I'm not saying drink it. Um, (laughs) We're not advocating that you drink maple syrup on this podcast. Hashtag not medical advice. Not medical advice. Uh, But it is better for you. Yeah. If you're going to
0: have a syrup, this is the better option. And if I would try to buy maple syrup from the grocery store, uh, my wife uh, looks down her nose at it because it is too dark and just not, not done well, not it's not, not proper, still not proper. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah. So she she finds a way to obtain these cans of, it, of syrup.
1: What uh, what what do I have to do to? Uh Buy some on the side for me. What, uh, what's the. Uh huh. Uh-huh.
0: All right. So, look, I, um, <laughs> I can pack a small thing in my bag. Next oh. time I go to Nashville. And <laughs> you no, know, we've, we've met like Canadians in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think I've yeah. to you. There's, there's like two people also from Quebec. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you should gift them some actual maple syrup. And you th- would think I told her to put the cat down. like (laughs) just horrified she's like you know how expensive this is i'm like it's a nice gift (laughs) it's wild that it's getting that expensive well it's always been expensive that's that's part of you know the fact that it's canada right um things are just more expensive because they're taxed out the wazoo uh but yes this is a
1: hypothetically a very finite product well, and it, it, so this is something that is a uh, it, it brings up a concern of mine in particular because my like legitimate addiction is is coffee. And um, like breakfast everywhere is threatened, I swear, because of fucking climate change. Coffee beans are now an endangered species. And there is an actual concern that over the next like two or three decades, it will become so rare that it will be prohibitively expensive for common people to have coffee like it'll be a hyper luxury it because could happen to a nicer food fuck I, you <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even going to play nice <laughs> <laughs> oh God damn it no, I, but no, you're I,
0: say, like they're really thinking within 30
1: years yeah Truly, uh, may, may become completely unavailable. Um, in fact, there's a shift right now in the industry. So, arabica has been uh, the main coffee bean for quite some time, um, especially with the rise of like you know I think it's we're on like third or fourth wave coffee or some shit like that, um, where like the the arabica bean, the way that it roasts up and the kind of flavors that are produced in that uh, in, in the roasting process are very sweet and uh, kind of fruity and aromatic. And what has been seen as like the bullshit coffee bean is Robusta. And Robusta is actually very common in lots of cheaper kinds of coffees like you would get at like a hotel is typically a a Robusta. Robusta is actually seen a comeback in like the hipster coffee places because uh, it's being seen as a, a bean that might be a little bit more sustainable and it's not as, it's not quite as persnickety as Arabica uh, coffee beans are. And so more places are shifting to a Robusta as their, their primary house blend because of climate change. Like the, the Arabica flavored coffee, it, it it may not, it may not sustain. Well, how, I wonder how much of that is climate change and how much of that is also the, um, over farming, of, well that does a plot help. of land that, I mean that that absolutely doesn't help you're 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 100 abso- right in that In fact this is like one of the few places in my life that one of the few One of the places in my life that I have chosen to make a stand in terms of uh, the kinds of like coffee beans that I support I really do actively try and look for coffees that are grown sustainably uh, and that do not use um, like uh, unethical human labor in the the production. Uh, of it, so, and and unfortunately, that means that a pound of coffee usually costs me about twenty bucks, um, because like getting coffee that way in you know that was sustainably farmed and used ethical uh, uh, employment to uh, to harvest it, it's expensive, you know, it's it's not the five dollar bag of beans that you know is like I, I don't know, but um, yeah, I, I mean, over farming is an issue because we have. In America, we have the luxury
0: of, you know, agency like the USDA, which can, uh, using technology and data science, have actually been able to help farmers, in this country at least, maximize their growth yield Uh on on their lands. Because if anyone who has gardened or farmed ever, you know, uh, if you put the same crop in the same plot of land, over and over and over, you will bleed that land dry. Yeah, you'll deplete the soil. But if you rotate the crop, then what one thing takes out of the soil, another thing will put into the soil, yada, yada, yada. And that's that's basic farming 101. But advances in technology and data science has really been able to pinpoint that kind of thing and, Th- and break it down almost to the molecular level and allows farmers who may even though they may be resistant because they're like we've been doing this for generations that's how we do it and it's like okay well let's show you how to do it better uh we can do that in this country i don't know that anyone is putting forth that kind of effort in these other countries which is kind of stupid in the long term
1: uh, there's a case winding its way through the courts right now though that challenges the usda's authority on these kinds of things and basically says that they overstep when they uh ask farmers to to grow that way <sighs> that's complete bullshit i just made that up but i expect that that (laughs) i was about to rip off my party hat i was like it's over no but the america i know and, and that's the thing though i i agree like that kind of like granular scientific learning really does help us make a more sustainable planet but you're right like that's not necessarily going on in in other countries but like I mean, some of the countries that these these kind of products—I mean, I don't know about Canada necessarily, but especially the South American countries—I don't know that they have uh, governments that are are organized enough to put forward a department like the USDA to uh, to help their 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 growers like that. Well, here's the thing: it's sh- uh, you know put that responsibility on
0: your corporations. Uh,
1: but they're, they're, the the corporations are not going to do that. They're- Tell Nestle.
0: <laughs> Especially look, Nestle. fucking Nestle. Do this data science, Nestle, would be like, "Who are you?
1: <laughs> oh, go away." All Nestle cares about is whether, whether, what, what does next quarter look like? Yeah, and eventually that is a a defeating strategy, right? Like they will eventually, right? But they they don't care. They're they're all about short term gains. That's that is the corporate way. Yeah, it's a like I said, return
0: to Victorian values. I've been saying this forever. Like just. Short-term yield as much as possible, and glory in your
1: almightiness. I, I, and that's I think what, what bothers me most is if if um if you if, if or corporate sales organizations really cared about sustainability, the quarterly growth system would go away. They would look at they would look at an entire year to begin with, and probably they'd start setting three five and ten year sales cycles because that would actually encourage some sort of sustainable effort right like they they would want to incrementally grow year over year rather than trying to aggressively grow quarter over quarter but anyway i, I think it's just easier to kill off more of the rainforest and start fresh on that sure. plot of
0: land yeah even though that land is not designed to be farmed on no it's just not compatible whatever no nope. whatever yeah, so there you go. Be mindful of the climate change that uh, a lot of people believe isn't happening, or they don't care about. It is like this is a very tangible thing that could go away. Yeah, in a manner of of decades. It's uh, it, it, last last year they had a great crop of oh, maple okay. syrup. They yielded, I think, the 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 most in in a long while. Um, but it's a very it's a very up and down type of uh, product. But a couple of years ago, they had to release syrup from the strategic reserve <laughs> to make ends meet because they had such a low yield. Uh,
1: I need to find out if they are making a
0: movie about the Great Maple Syrup Heist. Uh,
1: I, you know what? That would actually, that would make a great, like HBO Max original. I don't trust Netflix with it because I think Netflix is just too reckless with what content they're putting out. But I could see HBO Max being a little more judicious and I think that they they would 100% treat it well. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, this was back in like
0: 2011, 2012. Okay. Uh, 3,000 tons of maple syrup. That's like roughly 18.7% million canadian dollars
1: <laughs> is that a is that a real that, that's real oh okay. That's, okay that's real okay so 18 million dollars worth of maple syrup was heisted yep syrup was stored in unmarked white metal barrels inspected only once a year so somewhere
0: out there there is like a canadian vin diesel team they're <laughs> like family you know, a family has been screwed over by the maple conglomerate for too long We're going to take ours back, (laughs) but you can't street race in Canada because the pothole situation is atrocious.
1: Well, I, I, I think it would be more of like an ice road truckers sort of situation where, you know, it would be them with these big rumbling, you know, like very Mad Max esque. I could see that being the the movie. Well, they might have to, except big vehicles really stand out
0: in Canada. Really? Really? Like you don't. Yeah. Everything's so expensive, especially fuel. So you don't get a big vehicle. You drive small ones. So it would probably be almost like Italian job. Oh, okay. Uh, Like small SUVs, because that's the only thing that has the all-wheel drive to navigate these fucking roads. Uh, (laughs) And then you're just driving along. You're trying to like, you know, everyone is in a manual because you have to stick shift uh, to maintain like optimum control. You hit an icy patch. You have to like, you know, maneuver around herds of deer and caribou, whatever, Uh, like (laughs) I, th- I think it would be brilliant. I'm taking a
1: lot of artistic license with the story, but uh, that's what Hollywood wants, baby. I don't know why, but now I want to see uh, a fight between a caribou and a kangaroo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Right? I love it. Kangaroo's Care- wily, but
1: I think the caribou could take it out. I think the caribou could take a kangaroo. It yeah. just needs one good hit. <laughs> <laughs> that kangaroo is done. <laughs> but yeah.
0: Oh my god. We need to get on that. All right. I'm gonna gonna do a script treatment I'm gonna call up uh what's her name <laughs> isabel scripco yes like, hey,
1: she needs a job <laughs> she needs something. She, <laughs> she needs a, a french
0: canadian before exactly she will be the charlize theron of this of this picture <laughs> perfect i'm 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 here
1: for it <laughs> uh also semi-breaking news as of today um this is trending more into the political waters here in the United States, but uh, worth a mention. Apparently, Ted Cruz plotted a coup, and there's uh, audio evidence of it now. I want to be excited about that, but one, I'm not surprised. Right. Uh, two, will it matter? And I think this is the this is the the question that uh, makes uh, lots of Americans increasingly cynical. Is we literally have him dead to rights on tape saying that they wanted to create a commission that could decide the outcome of the election based on voter fraud claims that they knew not to be true. They would just say, hey, the vote was too suspect. We're throwing the election out. Trump is going to remain the president. That was the that was the plan that he essentially put forward. It, he literally discusses stealing the 2020 presidential election. Um, what, will it matter? Idiot. Probably not. And I well, think, yeah, go on.
0: The only way to do something about that is to find another Texan Republican to run against him to get the establishment behind him. Because a Texas Democrat is not going to do it. It's, Unfortunately, it, it, that's a needle in a haystack, and Beto O'Rourke is not, he doesn't have it. He got close. <laughs> surprisingly, cl- for Texas, surprisingly, surprisingly close. Surprisingly close. Right. Exactly. So yeah. They, They hurried and put the clamp down on how you can do stuff in Texas real quick. Yep. Uh, I'm pretty sure the law says uh, Beto or any of his friends, they can't run again. Uh, The end. Pretty much. But you need someone to run against Cruz. And honestly, their platform just has to be, I'm a Republican
1: who's not Ted Cruz. Win in a landslide. I mean, probably even among Republicans. I know he's not super popular, but... I, he's get, I know, he's but
0: he's, he's a he's a Republican. Yep, so exactly. That's why he wins. People don't fucking like him, but he's the the Republican. He's the Republican. Yeah, you're like, no, you need to put forth somebody else who knows they're not going to be like as ah, shitty, but at least they're not pathetic.
1: Sure, Cruz is pathetic. He really is. He is. He is just awful. At least he decided to grow a beard. That's helped his face a little bit. You think so? I think he, he looks like. I think he looks even more like a weasel. I know that's I, like really, that, that, I'm not attacking his policies, his politics, or his intelligence. I'm just saying he looks shitty and that's, but. <laughs> well, we can I'm, attack those too. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just think he's worthless. He's someone that found their way into the national spotlight that absolutely has no business being there. It's,
1: it's just. He, he's very much the Texas Ron DeSantis. Like, he is, he's got the same kind of likability behind the scenes, um, where, like, if you trace it all the, like, all of his relationships all the way back in his life, like, back to his his college roommates being like, yeah, he was kind of insufferable. Um, like, nobody, even among his, in his political party or in his, you know, of his cohorts, eat like him that much. Uh, there, he's a little socially awkward and just kind of strange, um, but... He's got a platform. Uh, yeah, I guess. Anyway, I'm moving on from that. Uh, we'll yeah. have
0: to keep an eye on that story as it develops, though, because I, I want to know uh, more about it. It's kind of nice because I had said not too long ago, I was like, we haven't heard anything about
1: these investigations. So this is uh, this thing with Ted Cruz got picked up by Jack Smith, who was the special counsel investigating Donald Trump's role in January 6th. Exactly. He got keyed into it because Abby Grossman, who was the former producer for Tucker Carlson, revealed that she has like close to 100 audio recordings of people.
0: All connected.
1: Exactly. And they're saying that now that Tucker is out, she is like doling these audio recordings out to whoever will listen to them. And that's where this one got picked up was Jack Smith caught wind that uh, Tucker Carlson's old producer was like, hey... I have some receipts, and he I, came for I was just going to
0: say, l- men, listen up. Ladies, keep the receipts. They- <laughs> That's why you need to always pay. Because if you let them pay, they keep the receipts. <laughs> they keep the receipts. And they will bring it up when you least expect it.
1: Oh, uh, damn it.
0: Do you have a banned book of the week? Because is I- sticking with this segment.
1: Yes, I. we're going to bring it back up. I do have a banned book of the week. Um, uh, not... Not currently banned as widespread as it used to be, still very much a challenged book in um, in a lot of places, unfortunately, and very prescient given um, some of the rhetoric that I've seen coming out uh, in regards to libraries lately. So my banned book of the week is Fahrenheit 451. Um, if you're unfamiliar, this is a Ray Bradbury novel. Ray Bradbury in like the the mid-50s through the, the 70s, 80s was known as one of the great like speculative fiction writers of the time. Um, lots of science fiction, horror, modern fantasy. Um, wrote Something Wicked This Way Comes, which is just the quintessential autumn book to read. That is an amazing book. Fahrenheit 451. Oh, yes, sir? No, I was just going to say, I always forget he wrote that. Oh, it's such... I, I love Something Wicked This Way Comes. That's It's excellent. Um Fahrenheit 451 follows the role of a fireman. It's two words in this society. His whole job is to go around burning books. That's his whole and he loves his job. He doesn't understand what his job is actually doing though. That's kind of like the crux of it and when he comes to understand what books actually are and what they contain goes through a moral crisis about what he's been doing for so long. So this takes place in an era of like complete government and uh, state censorship, very 1984 in its vibes, um, but has uh, this this kind of outward vibe of um, it's 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 obviously got a lot of parallels to Nazism because of the uh, you know the the book burnings that happened in in Germany and all that, um, but the rhetoric around burning books is very much alive and well in the United States today. And so I'm highlighting Fahrenheit 451 as a reminder of what happens when we actually start to take the rhetoric of book burning seriously. And I, it's not a long book. It's not a difficult read. Ray Bradbury is very approachable, um, especially for being a sci-fi reader. He's actually very, very easy to read uh, I highly encourage, if you haven't actually read Fahrenheit 451 and you just know that that's the book-burning book, read Fahrenheit 451. It is worth your time. It won't take long, and uh, I, I think it'll it'll change some perspectives.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Staying classic with the, with the book bans. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Uh, also a very good choice considering it's
1: subject matter. I know. Yep.
0: <laughs> no, we're going to censor the book that's about book censorship.
1: Which is again the the it's patently insane that <laughs> that, <laughs> that is actually what's going on is why are we doing this? Well, it's ironic. What's it's that a- mean? Oh, go. Re- oh, never mind. Oh no, like, you can't look that up, can you? <laughs> we, burn. we we burned the dictionaries. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? There's a lot of offensive words in the dictionary. Okay, more dictionaries <laughs> should be burnt.
1: Okay, I I'm waiting for somebody to make that argument. It's I it's coming. It's not that I, that is that is an onion article that is about to become like real life. Yep. Banning Encyclopedia Britannica because some of the subject
0: matter. Right. Especially Q through T. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> this is an incomplete set. <laughs> well, we took out some of the more uh, racy had, letters. Had to burn them. <laughs> uh, my book was And Tango Makes Three. Okay. I went and took a look at that one. That one is on the current list uh, because it is promoting gay relationships among animals. Oh my. <laughs> it's not. It is a children's narrative telling the story of these two penguins at the zoo. They're male penguins, but they've kind of coupled and bonded. Like they go everywhere together like penguin couples do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just happen to be both male. And they hatched an egg. They uh, they hatched an egg uh. and raised a little penguin. Okay. There is nothing in this book that says hey children you should be a gay penguin <laughs> <laughs> just for the record this is a true story about animals at the zoo you can go meet them you can travel and meet these penguins and it's it's un, it's unusual it's not unheard of there's there's actually been a couple of instances of uh, in the animal kingdom same sex companionship bonding yeah there's nothing we- Like, why is that weird? It's it's unusual because you don't see it that much. Okay, but it's you know, it happens. Cool, and then it's, you move on. You're like, oh, they're right. cool. These two, what, what's up? Oh, these two penguins are getting a beer together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but they're so bothered because the I mean the underlying message, I guess that's being argued, is that it's okay to raise a child if you're a same sex couple, right? Which um, by the way, did you ever see Three Men and a Baby? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember Three Men and a Baby. That's yeah. three dudes. It is trying yeah. to raise a
0: kid because they don't know who's the father, right? Isn't right. that isn't that the premise? I, They're like I any of so. us could, could have could have. Yeah. <laughs> so they take it on themselves to work together mm-hmm. to raise a child. And people thought it was funny. Nobody cared about that.
1: But it's penguins, diff- different times can't make that movie anymore. Couldn't Penguin. make Three Men and a Baby anymore oh you're right (laughs) you're absolutely right no it's it's completely absurd um next week uh i'll have to talk a little bit about the book that was banned um because two seahorses uh entangled their their tails with one another they they held tails the two seahorses did oh i can't wait to hear this tale (laughs) this is good that was well done sir (laughs) sorry the fake wine is getting to me
0: uh yes and tango makes three parents go read some of these books that supposedly you care about so much because there's nothing in this story it's best case it's teaching tolerance sure because it's something unusual in penguin society but i can tell you right now none of the other penguins gave a shit I was
1: gonna say, did the other penguins fucking care?
0: Yeah, they, um, you know, they delivered a cease and desist
1: letter. They put up a <laughs> fence. Uh, uh, my last I point see. on 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 this because you, you raised an excellent point. Read these books to the to the parents who who uh, have a, an issue with them. If any of those parents are even listening to us, uh, read these books. A lot of these book bans are enacted by a single individual. Um, There is one guy in Clay County, Florida, who has challenged 3,600 books, and he's been successful on having 102 of them removed from shelves. He will admit he has never read any of the books that he is challenging. You don't have to actually read the books to get them banned, which is part of the madness of this. Oh, the stupidity of that. Yep. Yep. You don't have to have actually read it. You just have to fill out the paperwork correctly. That's the only reason that a lot of his challenges haven't gone through so far is because he sloppily filled out the paperwork, but it's a clerical error that he could, if he's so inclined, go back and fix. So the, the message is read a book before you try and ban it. Understand what the actual message and language of that book is because this, this crap is just, it's, it's out of control. And
0: that's why it's important to note these books, they, they don't get banned outright. They get challenged, and then they have to go through a process. But in places like Florida and Pennsylvania and Texas, um, it's very loose. All right, you want to ban this book? Yeah, it says, the, uh, it says the F word at one point. Got it. Move on. Uh, is Oh, no. really that simple. And that's why coffee sucks. Bite me. So
1: <laughs> Ryan lost his headphones there for a little bit. I lost bit, my so. headphone for a second. Yeah, no, I I I do wanna uh, quick so it's um it's in more states than than just those three um 32 no, they're just
0: states. like they are the top three like offenders.
1: Yeah, Texas especially. Um but the the big thing is is that these books from a, a, a banning perspective, and this is cause this this is a hot item for me right now. I'm I'm really I'm really kind of um up in arms about this. Like when, Zoolander of
0: hot, levels of hot? Like, I, it's, it's so hot, so right, hot now. right now.
1: Um, <laughs> when these books are challenged and removed, removed from shelves for, especially children of a certain socioeconomic class that does, offens- that it effectively bans it from their life. If, if the family is not able to regularly afford new trade paperback uh, books for kids who want to read these books, if they are taken out of school libraries, if they're taken out of public, because it, it does not stop at school libraries. They are moving into public libraries, and the suggestion is increasingly, if a community pushes back against books being banned, those communities will just close their libraries down. This has actually happened in a number of communities around the United States so far. They'll just shut down the entire library system and say, "All right, fine. If we can't ban the books, fuck you. You don't get to have libraries." So the, the this is this is where the slippery slope argument I'll actually allow for. Normally I'm Patently against slippery slope because I think that that's fear mongering, but it has already been shown that it doesn't stop at trying to have a book removed from a school library. That is not where these things stop. These people don't believe that these books should exist. Period. In fact, in a lot of cases, these people don't believe that books beyond the Bible should exist. This is this is actual rhetoric, and it's and it's frighteningly effective.
0: I just want to remind people the year is twenty twenty three. We're, yeah, we're supposed to be
1: uh
0: past the dark ages but you know it's, it's i it's
1: fine. we we are we are slouching towards bethlehem man like we are we are headed towards another dark ages in the united states it's it's a little weird out there right now i like that phrase
0: slouching toward bethlehem yeah
1: it should be a song i i, I think it's like a, uh, I, I think it's like abstractly a reference to like armageddon i, f- I forget where that uh that that phrase like originates from but yeah slouching towards bethlehem very much like it, yeah like second coming kind of days cool yeah and that's how you approach it begrudgingly begrudgingly yeah <laughs> more posture <laughs> exactly <laughs> stand up straight <laughs> jesus is coming uh, i like that that's funny <laughs> <laughs> so we
0: begun with standing proud and we end with standing proud indeed sir That is morning radio for this week.
1: Yes, uh, have yourself a a nice morning glass of wine this week um, because the era of Tucker Carlson at Fox Entertainment has come to an end.
0: Yes, I mean, it's it's also known as mommy juice. Juice is a breakfast beverage, okay? Some people put whiskey in their coffee, which is also a morning beverage, so
1: I don't want to hear your crap it's a nice cardboard Bordeaux oh you're having over there
0: a awesome. lovely cardboard Bordeaux. Oh. boxed <laughs> wine is where it's at
1: <laughs> now um, sponsored by franzia n- now sponsored by franzia i <laughs> I, I i used to I, I knew somebody who would um she would buy a box of franzia every weekend and by the end of the weekend that box of franzia was gone and i was like you that was that was my parents you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they rotated between like the three colors the 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 spigot just makes it far too easy far oh yeah far too easy
0: yeah i i started to think there might be a problem when uh these were in the dishwasher so they just grabbed a mug <laughs> <laughs> my dad's like well it's good for my heart i'm like that,
1: that much that much i don't i don't know yeah go finish your homework <laughs> yeah it's well my homework says that this isn't good for you. <laughs> kids these days. Uh kids 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 these days. I'll tell you what, man. We'll see you next time folks. Thanks for listening. See you next week.
0: Shout out to everybody that needs a shout out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh wonderful.